0: Global, sparking innovative thoughts. Hello, this is another episode of Texas Global. Uh, with me, Poopee Chawarajendiren, the content editor for the global news of Texas. With us is Gilan Lotan, the vice president or head of the data science of Buzzfeed. So you can definitely uh, get excited about it because we're going to be talking about one of the biggest organizations that have been online in terms of internet media, news and entertainment and it's uh, really neat and we're going to talk about how data science or big data is playing a big role in online media. I know you traveled really far.
1: I did. It's a this. long flight. It's a long flight.
0: <laughs> From New York. Uh, first, can you tell us a little bit about BuzzFeed? And I know you started in 2006. Um, people who love food might know you through Tasty, uh, but there's the new side to it as well. Tell us more about it.
1: Yeah, so BuzzFeed started about 11 years ago. It's fully digital, so we've never had uh, you know f- physical publication. And our audiences live in many, uh, across many parts of the internet. And we've really g- grown to be this massively distributed online digital network. Uh, and there are a range of uh, areas which we cover. We, the sort of what we call the typical BuzzFeed content, where we cover um, exciting and interesting and funny things that are happening online like what's spreading on Facebook, what's popular on Instagram, what's a meme that's taking off on the Internet. And so I think like historically BuzzFeed has really been about highlighting the best of the Internet and uh, making sure we cover and write about it. Uh, over the years, we've built up a variety of sort of uh, types of content. As you mentioned, Tasty, it, which started as a format experiment mm-hmm. on the site where Uh, we had a few uh, a few of our content creators try a new format where they put a camera on top and showed the preparation steps and they really created this format which is now very commonly seen and copied elsewhere Uh, so tasty came out of this experiment and now it's this massive food network there's an app there's integration to walmart you could buy ingredients in the united states when you look at tasty recipes um, so it's this whole sort of new new area and Venture for BuzzFeed. There are quizzes, which are incredibly popular. Uh, <laughs>
0: yeah, and, and pop culture.
1: And pop culture, yeah, everything. So yeah. Like, lots of quizzes being made uh, around a variety of topics on BuzzFeed. Uh, there's travel content, uh, there's celebrity coverage, and as you mentioned, there's also a, like, an incredible news team focused on investigative journalism and breaking news. And so we run the gamut and really focus on uh, creating content for younger audiences online and i'd say buzzfeed is always it's always true buzzfeed has always captured the young um, demographic online around the world it's always sort of young audiences and what the other thing i think that's that's unique about buzzfeed from the start Uh, It's been very serious about um, audiences that are on its platform, so on the site, but also off-site. And so we uh, invest a lot in our um, distributing content to other places like Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, so channels where we have our audiences uh, engaged there. Uh, and it's important for us to be active there, and so we spend like a, a lot of effort in sort of making sure our content reaches the audiences there
0: That's what makes this talk really interesting because you've been in the game for quite some time and uh, You've gone to ex- experiment with the different platforms that as you mentioned utilizing all those social media platforms um, Some some have been successful some which have not been successful you've learned from it um, How do you think the game has changed so far because uh, now you, you might have more people online, as you said, you know, and uh, the way that people uh, take in information might be different, or is it still the same?
1: I mean, I, th- I think it depends on the platform. There's definitely certain um, norms that are developing with new platforms, like uh, vertical video is now a thing. Uh, users expect to be able to sort of interact with information, like on Instagram, tapping through stories, right, so I think these new platforms bring, especially uh, the platforms that have um, different ways of engaging and er- interacting with content, mean that the audiences now expect that to be the way, you know, to interact on, on your own and operated. So we have to make sure that our platform is also, we keep sort of advancing the UI and design and interaction paradigm. Uh, And and, and I would say with platforms, you have to know, as a publisher, you have to know what you're getting. Like, why should you publish to Facebook? Why are you publishing to Instagram? What what are you getting from these platforms? And I think one answer that's always been someone right is traffic, right? right? We get traffic from Facebook, we get traffic now increasingly from Instagram, from Twitter. Uh, But what's different about BuzzFeed's approach from the start is we were also getting insight and learning. And so on some of these platforms, uh, we realized that we could learn faster than maybe we could on our own platforms because the audience is so huge. And so we could try experiment with content, experiment with frames, maybe A-B test a few different ideas and get answers really rapidly. And so because the culture at BuzzFeed is so focused on experimentation and learning, um, it could leverage these platforms also for learning about what, what content and what frames are working. And then double down on those learnings uh, and invest in that content for in our own platform.
0: I mean, you probably are leading in terms of uh, you know, there's the traditional media channels out there, uh, big names that like, that already were on TV and they're transitioning online. Uh, but you're you're taking a different approach, as in like instead of just putting your information out there, you're actually you're using algorithms uh, to try and learn, as you said, from all those platforms. Um, is that the key to, to is that the approach for, for, for a lot of companies to take in terms of like... I,
1: I think you have to, so one of the advantages that we have, we're not burdened by old uh, business models. Yeah. So we were never on TV, we never had a subscription newspaper business. And so we have nothing to lose, <laughs> right? And, and I think ma- many of the other companies are struggling because they want to protect the old business while figuring out the new business. The new business is really hard. And I'd say even BuzzFeed, like we're still trying to figure out how to make this thing sustainable, right? How to get people to pay for content. is something hard to do online, especially when your audience is very young. And we can't, you know, we can't charge a, subscri- a subscription like the Washington Post or the New York Times. It's just not going to work. And also, we want to make sure our content is free and available online. So we want to ensure high-quality content is available. You don't have to pay for that.
0: So how do you? What is the strategy then to to get that revenue uh, other than just having the you know the regular revenue stream of ads?
1: Yeah, so actually ads is fairly, they're they're fairly new for BuzzFeed. Two years ago, we didn't have programmatic advertising on the site. Just branded content, which is what a format that BuzzFeed created a few years back, where advertisers who want access to our audience sort of pay us some money and we create content with them that's sponsored content. Um, And so that was historically the, the sort of biggest driver of revenue for BuzzFeed. And since then, the, the focus has been diversification. So, OK, recognizing that this is one way, but we need other ways as well. So programmatic advertising, direct-sold advertising, um, affiliate, which is a, gr- a rapidly growing business for BuzzFeed. We've become uh, one of the top traffic drivers to Amazon, and we make a certain percentage of money on the, all the sort of Uh, purchases that happen through our content. And so finding ways to um, identify um, more revenue streams, like another example that I mentioned earlier is on Tasty. We have an app that uh, millions of users around the world use to cook, so you could get recipes um, and and cook items from Tasty. And we've recently added an integration um, with uh, Walmart where you could purchase the ingredients. So if you want to cook something, you can say, "Okay, add to my list, buy, and then you get sent the ingredients to your home. So that's again, that's another way for us to to sort of identify what is beneficial for users and be able to make make revenue off of that.
0: So um, is that, you know, are you just going to be online uh, partnerships or are you going are you going to go offline? I mean, uh, as you I've seen like books, but. By Tasty merchandise and all that. Yeah, we're exploring everything. Is that an important side to it, or which direction are you focusing on?
1: So I think all. uh, So the 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 great thing is that we can build these powerful brands online and then leverage their power offline. And so Tasty, in the United States, you could buy cookware that's branded Tasty because the brand is so recognizable. People are interested to to buy these like kitchenware, like pots and pans. Uh, and so we're utilizing, so this is another revenue stream, right, that we can utilize as we build these powerful brands online.
0: So if, uh, if you were to meet someone who's just starting out, you know, taking their brand online, uh, you've already experimented with different social media platforms, what is the first step that you should take?
1: Um, I, think, I, th- I think you have to figure out what's the job to be done for your brand, like what, what type of content, what role is it playing in people's lives like what what are you trying to achieve right and how are you helping people around the world do you know uh, in what way is your content helping your users and so I I think you really have to be thoughtful about how this content is leveraged um, and what's its job in people's lives and that sort of helps that's the first step to then recognize okay which platforms should I operate in like what what should I? Um, w- what actions should I be trying to get users to do? Like historically, Buzzfeed um, was hyper-focused on the share sharing of content, and like a few years ago, in the days when Facebook was booming, and also people were sharing a lot more content publicly, the some of our core metrics in the company were around uh, sharing. So whether people read certain piece of content, but also whether they chose to share it after they consumed it right so do do our people are, are readers so excited or interested or moved by this piece of content that they not only consumed it they also chose to share it with someone And so we look at that sig- we look at that signal seriously and we measure our success and performance based on that signal. So I say any media company that's trying to sort of start up and operate uh, in new areas like what is that signal that you're really trying to? What it, like what are you trying to achieve with your users?
0: What is the biggest challenge for you in uh, gathering that data and and utilizing it fully?
1: <sighs> biggest challenge, so many challenges. <laughs> um, I think it's just messy. It's just it's. There's anyone who's working with data will tell you this right off the bat. It, you, there's it it always. it's always a certain process to get it to a place where you can actually use the data. So it could be that um, it's missing, like you're lacking data or it's wrong or you're measuring, you think you're measuring one thing but actually you're measuring something else. And so getting data to a place where it's actually usable for analyses is really hard and takes a lot of work. Maybe you spend 50% of your time Making sure you could trust the, this data to act, to actually start to analyze. So I'd say like that's one of the biggest challenges for any company uh, working with data.
0: Well, what about the talent? Because there's a lot of um, companies here in Asia that still struggle with finding the right talent. Uh, is it the same story in the in the states or totally? No? Yeah, still the same story there. It's
1: it's hard. It's hard to hire. It's hard to and. and it, definitely in the united states we've seen uh, a pretty massive growth in uh, the number of programs that are focused on data science but say even with that when you get someone who comes out of these programs they have some of the technical understanding foundation but they don't have the um, they don't they don't have experience so there's still a lot of work to train uh, these people and once they're trained they're very competitive in the market so it's hard to keep them because they're everyone <laughs> wants them and so yeah it's always it's it's a big problem so.
0: well let's be optimistic then what are your solutions for these problems th- these two problems of, of how to make sure that you are satisfied with that data that it's useful and also uh, you know retaining the talent, talent. that you need
1: I think uh, working in, in an, the working environment is really important. I'm talking about retention, uh, making sure... Um, I think uh, data science as a discipline is tricky, every company uh, ha- like sets it up differently, but making sure folks who are part of the team feel like they, they are able to learn, to continue to grow as data scientists, to learn how to manage people, so giving pe- folks op- opportunities and also engaging work. So I think that's where Buzzfeed has an advantage, because our mission is you know really strong, serving audiences around content. The environment is very creative and very diverse, um, and the range of problems that we work on are like incredible. So, so it's really I think I think it's hard to stay bored if you're a data scientist and your work really impacts the team that you you focus on so I think like figuring out the environment and how to make sure data folks are feeling like they can be successful is one way to to retain them Um, on the data cleaning side I mean we're working on a variety of Uh, Ways in which we ensure that um, data is valid like you could the way you set up your data collection services You can set it up in a way where there are more tests along the way And then we're also investing in tooling around what we call data governance. And so it it means that um, the way information is stored in tables is uh, Consistent and so when people access certain data across the company, it's the same and so there isn't uh, a you know, difference in how uh, people sort of calculate certain metrics. So I think there are ways to build tools to make data cleaner, but there will always be this issue. It'll never be perfect.
0: Okay, so 2020, what are uh, your expectations for the new year? Um, where is supposed to be heading and with big data and, and, and what is your strategy?
1: Yeah, so uh, a few things, one, they increasingly we're working on better governance layers to support legislation that's coming around privacy so we want to make sure we're able to um, support growing needs in, in different legislative areas like California is coming out in January with a bill called CCPA which is similar to GDPR which came out in Europe last year which is a data privacy bill that effectively um, means that we have to uh, either make data accessible to someone, a user who asks for their data, or be able to delete it. And it may sound easy, like, okay, so you just delete. But this, in a world where you have these sort of massive amount of data, it's, it's really hard to actually take a specific row and just delete it, or find all the places where this one user appears. And so we're building the capabilities to be able to do that responsibly uh, and efficiently and so supporting these legislation that are coming everywhere. So that's definitely one theme that's uh, coming out this year for anyone who's sort of working in depth with data is, is being able to also uh, support the consequences of the legislation. The other part is investing in uh, deeper, um, better content recommendation systems and personalization. So in the app, in, on BuzzFeed.com and in places where we own the platform, we are increasingly finding that there's value in tailoring the experience to the user. And so depending on maybe content that you've consumed in the past, we'll recommend certain items specifically for you. Maybe based on how you've engaged with um, quizzes in the past, we'll send you a notification out to your phone when we publish a certain quiz that we think you're you will like thank yeah. you so
0: much for being with us here on our podcast and that's it for another episode if you want to know more you can go online to our website texas.co. until next time bye bye techsauce